Okay. We are you ready to go? You need anything? Do we need to do some breath work before we start? I think we need to. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Let's just do a quick little meditation. Let's just... Um, <laughs> Welcome back to Create Space, a podcast that finds joy in the art of storytelling. At Wichita State, we are currently at the very beginning of spring break, so just a little more than halfway through the spring semester. And I felt like this would be a great time to bring this particular episode, and this is why. Life is a process, right? There are steps and milestones and trials and successes throughout the entire thing. And creativity and storytelling are also processes. What is storytelling if not an illustration of the world in which we live? It's a representation of this process that we call life. Now, every year, right around this time, I start to see the same thing happening on campus. That is, students are feeling stressed. They are feeling burnt out. They have been pushing and pushing, and there's just not much left to give. Now, at best, they need the rest and relaxation of spring break in order to feel refreshed and continue on for the semester. But sometimes it's even more than that. Sometimes some students are at a point in their own process that they may not see a light. They may not see a way out, and they aren't able to see past or visualize something else outside of their current struggle. So one thing I've learned in my time on faculty is that it's rarely about the academics, right? When a student's grade is dropping, very rarely is it due to them not understanding the material. At least it's not only due to that. The academic failure tends to be a symptom of something deeper. Something that may have nothing to do with school or the class or academics at all. And that's very normal. That's actually really common. And it's all a part of the process of learning and growing and blossoming into the person that you're meant to be. And learning to love yourself. Being able to accept and love who you are through and during those struggles is a huge, huge thing. So today I have a guest for you that I think you are going to love. Her name is Kaylee Lida, and she's a recent graduate of the Elliott School of Communication. Now I've brought on current students and alums as guests on this show before, and it's because I learned so much from them, and I know that providing them a platform to share their story is endlessly valuable to them and to the rest of us. And Kaylee is no exception. So she's going to talk to us today about how she learned to trust the process and find the deep self-compassion that got her through some really dark times and brought her out on the other side to where she could see the light. Now, before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Kaylee. I believe that there are people in this world who are designed to radiate love and reflect compassion back to the rest of us. 
there are people that just bring a sense of warmth when you're in their presence. And I've compared Kaylee before to a warm, sunny day because that's honestly what it feels like to be around her. Now, I met her actually when she took an online asynchronous class that I was teaching. So at the time, I had never talked to her in person and I only rarely saw her face in some of her videos when she would submit assignments. But I didn't know her yet, right? And yet somehow that energy was so strong that I could still feel it. I could feel it through her emails. I could feel it through her discussion board posts, through her creative assignments. It just came through in everything. So during that semester, Kaylee and I and another student in the class, Amberly, decided to meet for coffee so that we could kind of better put names and faces together and just get to know one another beyond the virtual classroom. So we did that. And since then, both of those girls have taken a couple of more classes with me in person. And then the three of us have consistently met for coffee every couple of months. So now both of the girls have graduated. Kaylee just started a new job that she loves. And Amberly is moving to Colorado literally tomorrow, which is her dream to live. She's super nature girl and she's going to flourish and I can't wait to see how amazing her life is in Colorado. And again, literally tomorrow she's moving. So it's been a true privilege for me to watch both Kaylee and Amberly become the women that they are today. Now, one thing that I didn't know for quite a while is that yes, Kaylee does have an innate radiance to her and that energy is real and it is authentic, but it was also a safety coping mechanism for her. So it's been something that she has used to mask a lot of self-loathing and depression and dark, truly scary moments throughout her life. And what's interesting is you'll notice that even throughout the episode, when she talks about some of the darkest parts of her journey, she still talks about it with a smile in her eyes. She's come so far in accepting her past, but even now, she and I struggled to completely let the masks go as we talked. Now, I have similar coping mechanisms to Kaylee, so I think that that added to the fact that it was a little bit difficult for us to go there, to go to the parts of her life that weren't as happy was hard for us. But that's also how I knew that this episode was needed. Because for me, when something feels difficult, when something feels like a stretch, it's typically because it's time for it to be shared, right? It's time to get it out and put it out there in the world. So here we are. We're about to enter spring break. The collective is feeling depleted. And I bring you this episode with Kaylee to show you that there can be light at the edges of every single darkness. You can show yourself compassion even when, and especially when, you aren't performing or showing up in the world the way that you think you're supposed to or the way that you think you should be showing up. It is a journey. And trusting the process and trusting that you are being held, even when it doesn't feel like it, can be all that it takes to get you through the valleys and back up on the mountaintop. So please, 
relax, and enjoy the next 30 minutes or so as we get to know Kaylee Lida. Today, I am welcoming a very special guest, Miss Kaylee Lida. We've been talking about having you on the podcast for a while now. From the second I started thinking about Create Space, you were on my brain as at some point Kaylee's going to be on. So thank you for joining us, oh, first of all. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So we're here to discuss the journey, right? You've told me a lot about how just you did a lot of soul searching to kind of get where you were when you met me. And then now where you are, what, three years after? I think we've known each other yes. about three years. Does that sound right? Yeah, it's been about three years. Two or three? Yeah, fall of 2020. Woo. I took you my first semester. Was that really? That yes. was the first semester you transferred? Yes, that was my first semester. Aww. That's so weird to think about. That is crazy. But you are in an exciting place now. You are graduated. You have started a new job. Tell us about where you are in your career and personal life now, post-college. So what, two, three months post-graduation? Yeah. And then we'll go into how you got there. How's that? Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. I know. Finally, in the exciting part of everything, I have my job. I'm working as a marketing coordinator full time at Sunlight Children's Home. Absolutely loving it. I definitely feel like this is where I'm meant to be. I felt like, I don't know, because you're in school and trying to figure out exactly what you want your job to look like. And you never know what it's going to look like. And then you get into it. And honestly, it's amazing. Like, I didn't expect to be in the position I am. And through the IMC program when finding like all these different little things, like there's event planning, there's like multimedia, there's social media and like making flyers for ads and graphic design and all this stuff. And I never thought I was actually going to put it all together. (laughs) So being able to do that at this job is absolutely incredible. And I don't know, I feel like I'm finally in a good place. It's been like super confusing for so long. And I feel like I finally found like where I'm supposed to be. And I feel like really content with life and like ready for like the rest of my life to take off. I love that. (laughs) Will you tell us about, because I had honestly never heard of Sunlight Children's Home until you applied and got the job there. But will you tell us a little bit about Sunlight as a organization? Yeah, definitely. So Sunlight is a little bit different than most children's homes. Oh, okay. Yes. So there's two locations. There's a child advocacy center in El Dorado, and that is where we're more involved with like the police department and forensic interviewing. So we have, yeah, we have forensic interviewers at Sunlight and they basically take the kids, like they're trained therapists and forensic interviewers. And they take these kids and get them to tell their story about what they're going through. It's children from abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, anything among those lines. And we're just here to help the kids only have to tell their story once because whenever kids have to keep telling these awful things that happen, details get mixed up or right. get left out and stuff. So probably re-traumatizing, I would think, too. Yes, absolutely. Like, I can't imagine having to yeah. <laughs> tell it more than once. And also to a police officer, too. And that's a big thing that we do there is help these kids not feel so intimidated. Like it's a cute little playroom where they do these interviews at. And it's really great. There's like free therapy offered to help these families get through these times. And that's what the Child Advocacy Center's for. And that's where you work, is at the Advocacy Center? Yes. Okay. So I actually work at the Advocacy Advocacy Center and the Children's Home. Oh. So there's a Children's Home out in Andover. Oh. Yes. And that, it's, it's different than other children's homes because it's not like a long-term stay it's like three to four days gotcha so it's like for crisis like yes. emergency care okay. yes it's like emergency care yes and yeah and i have an office out there too oh, okay yeah. so you bought between 
El Dorado and Andover. Andover, yes. And you live in Wichita. <laughs> yes. So, so you're a tri-city Tri-city girl. Yeah, I'm driving all over all the time. Now, so I met you a couple of years ago. Like, well, three years ago we established. Um, but I don't know much about you before that. So I want you to talk about your time at Wichita State, but let's first back up. And, uh, you know, I know you're 25 now, 26? Almost 26, Almost 26. So the process of your college journey had a a couple of ebbs and flows in it. So tell us about the time before WSU and then kind of what got you here. Yeah, definitely. So... I went to I went to Butler right out of high school, mm-hmm. and I was not prepared for college. I was told, you know, you go by the beliefs of, well, you're supposed to go to college immediately after graduating. Right. This is the path you go down. You go to school full-time. You work a full-time job. You do this. You do that while you're still trying to figure out your life. Yeah. And I felt like figuring out my life really took a toll on me, and it was really hard to focus on school. I, When I think back at my time at Butler, it's really fuzzy, to be honest with you. It feels like I was just so consumed with worry and doubt and not knowing what I'm doing and what should I be doing? What should I be doing? And why don't I know what I'm going for? Like, it was hard. It was really hard. And I was really struggling with my mental health at that time, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It it took a couple years. So I think for the first three or four years, <laughs> I, no, I think it was like two or three years. So for the first two or three years, I went to school like a couple classes at a time. Well, I started out full time and then I ended up right. getting kicked out because <laughs> I never <laughs> went to class. <laughs> I mean, that happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, I just I don't know. I wish that I would have taken a break. But yeah, so I just taken a couple classes at a time. Just I don't know. I didn't take school seriously and I didn't. I don't know. It's interesting because I, I can hear as you're telling the story, like even though I don't know that you necessarily feel a ton of shame about it, I can yeah. tell that you maybe don't necessarily like to tell that part. Um, (laughs) But the truth is, it's a really common story. You know, I've worked in as a faculty member for almost five years now. But before that, I worked in admissions, right? And so we recruited students. And many of our students that would come in were people that had gone to college first and were like, that didn't really work out that time because I wasn't ready for it. Because we have this linear path that people say, you do this, you do that, you do that. And so we say, okay, whether we're ready for it or not. But the timing has to be right. And so the fact that the timing wasn't right doesn't mean you did anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with taking a longer path or a different path. So I hope That's that true. you remember that as you're telling that part of your story. Like, yes. it doesn't mean that you screwed up. It's it's not an uncommon story. You're not the first person to have this type of a story. So I hope that you don't hold shame in that because you've come a long yeah. way from that. And that part of your story has made you who you are. And that's important, Absolutely. I think. And it really teaches you to just kind of just go with the flow, see what life throws at you, take a variety different of classes, see what you like. Yeah. Don't try to, because I feel like the hardest thing is you go into school and you feel like I need to have this plan of what I do. Mm-hmm. And then you find that plan of what you think is right. And you take these classes and you're like, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. And then you're like, I don't think this is what I want because you didn't explore it and like explore other options and of different classes and whatnot well and the whole concept of finding what you want is to me now is kind of silly because why do we think that you can explore all you want between zero and 18 and then all of a sudden you have to decide what the next you know let's say 60 years of your life is gonna be that's silly to me i mean i've switched literally switched careers once and jobs multiple times and i might not be done like i like to think i'm gonna retire as a faculty member, I love it here, but who knows? But okay, so so you were struggling with all this kind of identity and what am I supposed to do? What do I want to do, etc. When do you feel like 
you knew or when did the when was the timing right? When did things start to settle for you? So <laughs> I feel like at Butler, I started taking like different like mass communications classes and learning more about media and going into that. And I could say that was like kind of like the turning point to I was like, oh, I really like communications. I really like marketing in this aspect. And then going into WSU and going through the IMC program, I was like, wow, I love this. I love I learned that IMC is more of the creative side of marketing, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love that part because I'm not a businessy person. Right, you're all. the content person. Yeah, I'm the yeah. content person. I create things. Yeah, that's my favorite part about that. But to be honest, to get everything to where it felt settled and I felt right up until maybe a couple weeks ago. Right. To be honest with <laughs> right, you. Right. Because even whenever you're graduating, you're like, is this true? Like, am I making the, is this truly what I want to do? Am I truly making the right decision? I don't know. I feel like there's still like a little bit of uncertainty up until that point. And then Mm -hmm. you get your job and it's like, absolutely everything that happened was for a reason. I know I'm supposed to be doing this. Okay. So, so I feel like, like I said, what I kind of hear you talking through on the whole journey is that you kind of hit these moments of clarity and then you hit moments of uncertainty and they sort of go back and forth and back and forth. And right now, you're in a really nice period of certainty, which is awesome. A lot of times we tend to look at the graduation and the getting of the first job as the pinnacle, the end. And the truth is, yes, it's the end for you right now, but it's also the beginning of something else. And there will probably come a time, you know, maybe not for many years, maybe in six months, who knows, where you're going to go into another period of uncertainty. And it's going to be, should I stay at this job? Should I, you know, have kids? Should I stay home with my kids? Should I go back to school? Should I do this? Should I do that? And those will keep popping up throughout your whole life. But once you've had a couple of periods of certainty, you can kind of almost trust that you're going to get another one. Like you can kind of trust the flow, I guess. Does that make sense? Does that resonate there? No, definitely. I really feel like that. And I feel like life happens for a reason. Things happen for a reason. You go in and out of these different phases of life all for a reason. And yeah, I don't think that, I think if you're comfortable for too long, then (laughs) it's almost like, right, right. Then you're stagnant. Then you're stagnant and you're not growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If only we could remember, because I have a hard time with this myself of being like, When I'm in a moment of certainty, I'm like, the universe works for my good and I am, you know, in the flow and whatever. And the second I'm back in uncertainty for some reason, I kind of forget that lesson. So I hope that for both of us, the next time we're in a moment of uncertainty, we need to go back and listen to this podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) be like, remember, remember, it comes together. It It all comes comes together together eventually. Exactly. What feels good to you right now? Like when you say things feel certain, things feel steady, things feel in flow, What do you mean by that? What feels right in your world right now? I feel like with my job and everything that I'm given, like with tasks and everything, like we're planning this event, we need you to do this. We need you to reach out to these sponsors. We need you to go out and talk to this person and gather all of this, make these flyers and everything that they tell me to do. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's exciting. It's not... There's an energy difference there. There's a huge energy difference. Definitely. And it's definitely spilling out into my personal life too. I heard this one as a TikTok and he had said, if your job drains you, that's not meant for you. It's supposed to energize you Mm -hmm. and not leave you feeling dead at the end of the day, basically. And I definitely feel that now. Like I leave work and I'm so excited. I get home and I'm ready to cook my meals. And I love that. Get ready for, I don't know. And I just feel so much happier. Like it's not draining. I feel like, yeah, it just really energizes me and really makes me feel like right at home and Oh my gosh. I have to do a quick plug for the episode uh, two weeks before this, which is the human design one. Kaylee, we learned this yesterday, is a generator. The foundation of a generator, right, is that you have this 
unexhaustible energy, but that unexhaustible energy only works for you if it's something that you want to do and you're invested in. And I feel like you just, like if Stacey Keel was listening to this episode, she would say, oh, that makes sense. When Kaylee was doing stuff that didn't energize her and wasn't her passion, that source energy from her sacral center was not able to come through. But as a generator, once she found that right place, boom, inflow. So if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, go back and listen to the human design episode with Stacey Keel. It's so good. Um, But I do feel like that makes sense for you. So uh, one thing that I would like to, to jump in and say that's interesting is I think, especially in communications, a lot of our students go through this where maybe right before graduation, maybe right after, maybe somewhere in between, there's this this moment of, I know 20 different things, but I don't quite understand how it's gonna all fit together yet. Because we are a very diverse and a very kind of widespread sort of a major. So it's at some point earlier in the interview, you said, you know, I can write and I know multimedia and I can do social media and I can do this and that, but we don't really see how that comes together in a real, real world setting until either, you know, a really good internship or maybe your first job post-grad. I feel like what I saw for you is I've been able to see how these things would come together for you. Not necessarily in the job, but I mean, I've seen it happen. So I knew it was gonna happen for you, but you couldn't yet see how those were all gonna come together. So now saying, okay, my social media experience, okay, my event planning experience, okay, my, um, you know, writing and organization and just general communication application of that is all coming together and you're like, oh, that's what a communication degree can do. Like, oh, that's how this comes together. Do you feel that? Do you feel like it kind of brought those pieces together for you? Definitely. I definitely feel that. And I feel like everything fits in so well. And I feel like this happens so much in my life too, is my mind tells me you can't do that. You're not capable of doing that or you're not the type of person that does that. Mm-hmm. And I've just as of recently just been like, says who? Yes. <laughs> like, why would I listen to like my brain telling me not to do something? Like, go for it. You never know what you're capable of and what you're meant to do and what makes you happy and until you try it. That makes me so happy. And I think that's why you and I have clicked and connected from the very (laughs) beginning is because we think similarly and we both have similar uh, social conditioning that makes us, you know, kind of in that (laughs) place of, I probably can't do this is sort of our default. Uh, And switching that default is really powerful. And I didn't start to switch that default until my 30s. And here you're doing it in your 20s. And so it's so exciting. I know. I just can't believe like what like from how I was when I first was at Butler to who I am now is just a completely different person, completely different mindset. And it is it has changed so much. I was such a no person and just came from that place of no just came from knowing I can't do anything. I just had such low self-confidence, low self-esteem, just felt very low on myself. And it was some really dark times, honestly. Yeah. It was really, it was, I went some pretty dark times that were really tough to get through and honestly never thought I would make it to this point in my life. And now it's like, this is like my year. Yeah. <laughs> Got my career job. I'm getting married this year. There's so many great things that are coming out of this. So. Yeah, you're getting married in just a few months, right? I how know. long? How many more months left? I'm sure you have the countdown. Six. Six months. Six okay. months and eight days. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you would know it. You know, and I think what's interesting, and maybe the reason that I was excited to to have you on the podcast is, I would have never guessed how how much lack of self compassion you have given yourself in the past, because you're one of those people that 
doesn't you don't show that on the outside we would you know i'm sure once you get to like once i got to know you and talk to you yes you would talk about that it's not like you hide it but Mm -hmm. right off the bat you seem confident you seem full of energy you seem you know nobody would worry about you right right and and i don't know if that's how you were at butler i mean i certainly you know i kind of saw you on the tail end of that but yeah but would you so thinking back to the times that weren't so good would you change that if you could do it differently would you change any of that or do you think it was necessary for where you're at? What, what are your thoughts there? Yes and no. I feel like it was necessary to go through everything that I did. But if I could change something, I wish I would have like been more vocal about like what's like if I'm sad, or I'm upset. Like I would I had people who cared about me. I had people who checked in on me. But when they ask, are you OK? I would say, yeah, I'm perfectly fine. But really, I was like dying on the inside like right and, and they couldn't tell and they you weren't showing it they had yeah. no idea and I was like and then at the end of the day I'm like oh no one cares about me I would because I wouldn't let anybody in and I didn't realize I was the one that was blocking other people's wanting to help me and yeah just being able to vocalize like my feelings and I wouldn't even talk to my parents about it like I didn't talk to anybody about it until it would get so bad where I would have to call them and be like I'm in trouble like I need help like and they were there the whole time they just didn't know they didn't know that you that you needed them yeah and I wouldn't let them in it makes me so sad to think back that I wouldn't do that because now I'm such an open book (laughs) I like Anthony I'm like I'm feeling really mad at you right now i'm really sad and he's like okay let's let's work through let's it let's troubleshoot what do let's we troubleshoot do? what do we do and yeah but yeah i wish i also would have went to therapy more like i had yeah. a therapist but i wasn't even honest with her yeah i and that's a huge thing too is going to therapy and actually wanting to be there and putting in the work to like want to get better right because it's hard it's it really is. hard it's not i kind of i mean i've done therapy a lot of years now but i went in thinking I come in, I tell you my life story, and you fix it. Like, that's that's the way this is supposed to work. Right. And, oh, my gosh, that's not how it works, unfortunately. <laughs> if only. There's something to yep. that, that you have to be willing and open and ready for discomfort, ready to sit in it. That was kind of my thing, I think, is I, I didn't want to sit in the discomfort of dealing with the feelings that I had. Like, yeah. you know? And for you, it sounds like you had been kind of closing yourself off to them for as long or, you know, as long as you could numbing Mm -hmm. them in various ways. Um, Even just the fact that you said, you know, Butler was kind of a blur. You can tell that you were in survival mode, right? Your brain was coping in the only way that it knew how, which was to numb and dissociate from what you were feeling. Absolutely. That was my number one thing was disassociating. As soon as I felt the little, the littlest bit of trouble, I was like, nope, back into my corner, back into my hole. Like, yeah. Let's just keep it all in. and. So what do you do now? So so let's say you feel an inkling of tension or discomfort or some of those old feelings. Because, you know, it would be silly of us to say, you're totally fine now. Nothing oh, yeah. ever happens. You never feel anxious. You mm-hmm. never get down on yourself. But what do you do differently now? Whereas in the past, that would have shut you down. How do you handle that now? Absolutely. So whenever it comes to like the really dark thoughts, those honest, they don't go away. They stay with you for the rest of your life. It's just how you react to them. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like whenever they come, it's like, Kaylee, stop. Like you have so much to live for. You have such an amazing life. We are overlooking so many things and just focusing on the negatives. And there's 
this much negative, like a small amount of negative, so much positivity, but your brain loves negativity and it just yes. focuses on it. And you don't see like the light and you have to literally force yourself to like, like for me, I say out loud, I have an amazing fiance who loves me and cares about me so much. I have an amazing job. I love my dogs. My mom is so supportive. Like, I love that. I just say it out loud for me to be like, okay, everything is okay. Like, yeah, you have to vocalize that and yes. put it out there and we don't control what thoughts come into our head which was a big one for me because I felt a lot of shame sometimes based on the thoughts that I had. Um, So you don't have to feel shame about it because if a, you know, like you said, if a dark thought about not wanting to be here anymore comes into your head, that can scare you. That can make you feel shame, make you feel uh, fear, make you feel any of those things. So recognizing it's okay if they come, I don't have power and control over that, but I do have power and control over, do I give that thought the time of day? Or do I say, hey, thanks for coming. Don't really need you move on absolutely and look at it at a realistic standpoint and see it for what it really is and just thinking about that situation in a different light yeah does does that situation actually connect to the level that 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 your thought is saying like are they congruent right right it could be the slightest thing i had gotten off work on friday and i instantly got in a really bad mood and I was like, God, I, I just hate myself because I just get in such bad moods so easily. And now uh-huh. I can't get out. I'm so stupid. I was like, Kaylee, why are we saying these things? Like, girl, like you are fine. Like you are just upset right now. Something upset you and that's okay. It's mm-hmm. not, <laughs> we don't have to be so mean to ourselves. Like, yes. I think for me, cause I have the same cycle. I think a lot of us have the exact same cycle that you're talking about. It almost, I almost couldn't get my brain to believe that I didn't deserve to put myself down like that. Like that was a hard one. I'd have, you know, therapists say, you know, you don't deserve that. You're a good person, whatever. But when you're in the cycle, it's like, no, but I do though deserve that because I'm overreacting here. I'm being anxious. I'm being selfish. I'm being entitled, whatever. What finally clicked for me was not trying to convince myself that I was worthy of not shaming myself. Eventually I I get there when I'm in a good headspace, but in my negative headspace, I don't know that I can get rid of that. But what I could get rid of is say, it does not help me feel better to shame myself. That will never get me out of the cycle. Like shame has never made me happier. It has never, I mean, yes, sometimes shame can sort of like make you get something done or make you um, act a certain way or behave a certain way. But for me, at least, it has never changed my internal thoughts and emotions Mm -hmm. in any sort of a positive way, right? Absolutely, so true. So then I'm like, okay, so even if I deserve it, which I don't logically, but even if my heart believes I deserve it, I can say, okay, but snap out of it for the sake of the rest of your, like for the sake of your own mood, like get out of it because it's not worth it. Like you said, just stop yourself and say, Hey Kaylee, what's going on? Yeah. What's good. Like we don't need to like get down ourselves and like spiral into like this different mindset. Like let's be nice to ourselves and get ourselves out of this mood. And maybe we can't think of a solution now, but maybe we can find one later when, when we're in a better mindset. Yeah. So I'm curious. What would you say when you go back to 13-year-old Kaylee or 5-year-old Kaylee or whatever age you want to pick, what would you say to her knowing the fears and thoughts about herself that she may have had? Oh, man. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be really hard. I don't know if I would want to tell myself that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't think 13-year-old Kaylee wants to know how hard it's going to be, but it's going to be so worth it. And... You will eventually get there. Everything works out in the end. The universe has a plan. God has a plan. And everything eventually will be okay. 
like you might cry or you might be really upset. You might go through like the deep darks of the ocean and you might have the best highs of your life and it all just mellows out into such a great life. I don't know. It's yeah. Stay with us. Stay with <laughs> us. Yes. Yeah, stay with us. Oh my gosh. Cause we got so much coming. <laughs> I love that. I love that yeah. so much. What, what excites you about your future? God, everything, everything excites me. I like this year's wedding year going on the honeymoon. I have my career job and just kind of seeing where life takes me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the, the life, the course that life has like just keeps changing on me. I feel like, like I was so certain I was going to graduate from college. I was going to go work in my career for three years. I was going to start having babies, be a stay at home mom for a few years, go back. And now I'm like, well, I love my job. I love this. I was like, I don't know if I want to be a stay at home mom, but so that's a little confusing, but it's like, we'll just go along with the ride and just see what happens and whatever happens, happens. And And you're embracing that. You're embracing the fluidity and the uncertainty and the fact that you might not know right now. Absolutely. And I feel like that's all you really can do whenever (laughs) going through life is just accepting it and working your way through it. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you're going with the uncertainty and I hope that you continue that because you have not hit the end of the uncertain <laughs> things that you're going to face. Um, <laughs> and like either way, yeah. So final question before we close up. What advice or encouragement or guidance or whatever word you want to plug in there would you give to, let's say, a 17, 18-year-old girl just graduated high school. She's got this linear path she thinks she's supposed to take. Maybe it fits her, maybe it doesn't. What would you say to someone at that point in their life right now? Oh my goodness, I have so much to say. There's <laughs> there's so much. It's just everything will work out how it's supposed to be. Try new things whenever you're taking college classes. Try different classes you want to do. Or maybe college isn't your path, and that's okay. Right. There, You really got to look within and see what you truly want out of life. And if you don't know, then that's okay too. And just keep writing it out and see. And you're going to come across a lot of uncertainties, a lot of roadblocks, turns, and you got to keep pushing through it because life afterwards or life during life in general is so worth it. And to keep pushing yourself to be in such a great spot is it's tough, but it's so worth it. And the, the journey's worth it. I love that. That's, that's <laughs> something we all hear, but I feel like you have lived that. I really know? have. Cause you hear it. And it's kind of cliche, right? I feel like I'm being a little cliche this time, but it's so true though. Yeah. And I know that from what I know of your journey and just from being friends with you, I know that it's not cliche when you say it. And oh. I hope that what we have put on this episode so far, I hope that other people are hearing that it's not cliche for you to say it, oh. um, <laughs> you know, because, because the truth be told your, your journey has been your worst enemy at times. It's been your best friend at times. You know, we're doing this podcast in a moment where it feels like your best friend and that's great, but you're not yeah. naive to say that this is going to be forever. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. I hope, I know you were nervous about it. I know you were kind of, but I hope it wasn't, it wasn't too, too bad. No, this was so great. I thank you so much for even having me. Of you course. are so fun to talk to. You made it so much easier. I know at first I was like so nervous and kept stumbling over my words. I like to try to make it a conversation and make it feel easy. And then inevitably every interview is going to have some awkward parts. And then I just trim that and no one knows that we were ever awkward and it's great. All right. Well, thank you, dear. Thank you. I love you and I appreciate you. you. Thank you so much for having me. This is so great. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for joining me as Kaylee helped us all to more fully trust the process. And even more than that, to approach every single moment in our own life timelines 
with compassion and love and acceptance. To see the world for exactly what it is right now and to know that even when it doesn't feel okay, you are okay. You are safe and valued and worthy at every single point in the process, the valleys and the peaks. And I hope that you remember that this week and that you join me next week because we're going to continue on this path and we're going to look more closely at the role that shame plays in the creative process and how we can silence that shame when we are trying to actively create. So if you heard anything that you loved on this episode, or if you have comments about the show, please reach out to me and let me know. You can send me an email or a voice message or a DM, anything you'd like. All the ways to connect are in the show notes page. Now, have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you next week on Create Space. Create Space.